0: Today, I'm going to be talking about that we are to lead with love, begin with love. So the last three parts in the series on love, we've talked about how do we love. But I'm going to be talking about the importance of not only do we lead with love, but then we love with power. So follow with me. We, We lead with love, but then we love with power. And the power that we're talking about is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Why this is so critical. Why this is so important. And it actually follows what was sung about today as well. So my name is Mark Warren and I'm one of the pastors at Grace Capital Church. If uh, you're watching online for the first time or you are new here today, and our job at Grace Capital Church is to help you get ready to meet Jesus face to face. But I have a question for you. Um, so much going on in our world today We had uh, we have fires in California We have some more shootings, civil unrest We had the uh, Republican National Convention Which uh, the week before we had the Democratic Convention Again, we were talking about how this potentially can stir some things in us But I was very impressed by This is not political, by the way But by Milena Trump's speech Did anybody see it? I would encourage you to watch it. Not because I'm trying to encourage anything from you, but it it, it falls along with this theme of love. Why was that so powerful? Because she talked about things where she saw people, she heard people, and she made people feel important. In other words, that people matter. And that's what we were saying that love is, right? I see you, I hear you. I'm taking the time to understand you and your life matters. Your life matters. It's not whether I agree with you. It's not whether we vote the same way. It's not whether we have the same moral ethics. No, it's I see you. I hear you. I understand you. I'm taking the time to understand your perspective and and your life matters. And we said this, why? Because everybody's made in the image of God. And I think that's what Melania Trump's speech did. It, it allowed people to be felt like they, they were seen and heard and understood. And, and that's what captivated people to that speech. But, but it's one thing to say, somebody sees me and hears me and understands me. And that feels good, right? When somebody takes the time to, be, to listen to you. But it's another thing for God to see you and to hear you and to understand you. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important. But with this kind of love, of loving, leading with love, then loving with power, people are going to start to feel God's love. See, I think we are, need to realize that we are vessels and conduits to God's love, right? I, I don't know of any other way that people have experienced God's love except through another human being. Well, there might be dreams, visions, or I've heard of people in the Middle East who are Muslims who've encountered Christ, and and because of that, the Spirit of Christ, that they have experienced God's love. But for the most part, people experience God's love through us, right? Fellow believers. So we, we realize that we are vessels and conduits, And and the power that comes from us is the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. So in Luke 24, uh, Jesus says that we're to be his witnesses. And he says, stay in this city until you're clothed with power on high. Until you're clothed, put on, clothed with power on high. He's talking about what's going to happen in Pentecost. In Acts 1.18, it says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you... And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The whole idea is the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us will emanate and reveal the love of God that he has for people. See, God is love, and it's his very nature. And for us to be effective witnesses, to talk about who God is and that people can experience Him, we need to demonstrate God's love. And the way that happens is when people can begin to understand that God hears them, that God sees them, God understands them, and that they matter to God. You you catching where I'm going here on this last message to realize that we need to act lovingly, right? We talked about kindness, we've talked about all the attributes of what love is, Um, But today, we are really moving towards the saying, but we need to love through the power of the Holy Spirit. So as fellow believers, we have to realize that the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And we know this in Romans 8, chapter 11. It says this, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that's pretty amazing to think about that, right? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells inside of us. It says, He who raised Christ from the dead, who also gives life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit, as a believer, dwells inside of you and I. So inside of there, then there's packed with a bunch of, we know called gifts of the Spirit, right? Have you heard of that? We have gifts of the Spirit. And you'll see them on the slide. Words of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith, prophecy, healing, miracles, discerning between spirits, tongues, interpretations of tongues. This is interesting, though. I've been meditating on this a little bit this week, and I've I've realized something, and I'm going to offer it to you. I think sometimes when we've thought about the gifts of the Spirit, that somehow these are gifts for us as believers. Like somehow the Holy Spirit has given us gifts of prophecy or us a gift of wisdom or us a gift of knowledge, but they are actually gifts of the Holy Spirit. So these are the Holy Spirit who's dispensing gifts, and if we are to be the conduit or the vessel, I believe the the gifts are for the receiver of that gift, I think sometimes, and here's the shift in, in thinking about that, maybe I'm the only one who's maybe thought of it in this way, that I thought somehow, oh, I, I can prophesy, and therefore I have a gift of prophecy. Like, like I possess something that uh, belongs to me. Well, first of all, it doesn't belong to me. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's the, whole, it's the Holy Spirit's gift. And second of all, it's not a gift for me. It, maybe it's, I've been a steward of it, but it's a gift to be given away. The reason why this is so important is because for people to know that God sees them, hears them, understands them, and ultimately this, this is what God does to show his love to them, that when a prophecy is given, when healing happens, when miracles take place, It's what? It's because God sees what's going on in somebody's life. And I love that we were talking about that in worship today, that God actually sees what's going on in each and every one of your lives. But sometimes we don't know that. Sometimes we can feel isolated or alone, but when somebody would come up who has the Holy Spirit inside of them, like we all do, but then to say, Father, what are you asking me to do? And give a word of encouragement, a prophetic word of encouragement to that person about something in their future. And that person leaves like, oh my word, God sees me. God hears me. And I must matter to God. And at that point in time, then all of a sudden they start experiencing God's love. Do you notice the difference? So if each one of you is the carrier of the Holy Spirit, which you are, you have the ability for the Holy Spirit to dispense gifts through you for somebody else. Can you turn to somebody next to you and say, I have a gift for you? <laughs> All right, if you're watching online, you can turn to somebody right now and say, you have a gift for them too. And I know for some of you, especially women, you are like, ooh, a gift? A gift? I know, it's just words. There was no gift there per se, nothing tangible, but, or was there. Hopefully when every single one of you came in today, you were also saying, "Uh, COVID's a little strange for me. These masks are crazy because it's like we can't see facial expression and, and yet it's hard to talk. But the reality is when we gather, we should be having gifts for each other. But I'd also say this, that these gifts are for many people who don't know Christ. See, if we we don't start with love, though, and if all we do is we start with, I've got power from the Holy Spirit, what does the Bible say? If I speak with tongues of angels but don't have love, I'm just a clanging cymbal or a sounding gong, basically noise. So we lead with love, but then we love with power. Because I believe this, that that the heart begins to open up, the human heart opens up with our human love for somebody. We talked about that a few weeks ago. The heart opens up when we love somebody, but God's love will actually heal the heart. See, we love first to open the heart and then we see the power of God working through our life as a conduit to bring something, a gift of the spirit to the person which allows the person to know that God sees me, God understands me and I matter to God and then they say, God, you're amazing and they give their life to him and God begins to heal their heart. Our love opens the heart. God's love heals the heart. In 1 Corinthians 14, I I love this. So it's 1 Corinthians 12 that talk about all the spiritual gifts. I, I love that they're all combined, right? So 1 Corinthians 12, spiritual gifts. Then it goes 1 Corinthians 13. In my Bible, it's called the way of love. And that's where it says, well, hey, it's great you have these gifts, but if you don't have love it does, the gifts mean nothing. Then he goes on to um, chapter 14. If I said verses before this, I mean chapters. Chapter 14, which talks about really the practicality. So Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth, and he's giving some real practical things. I just want to go and read those real quick for you, a part of this. In 1 Corinthians 14, if you have your Bible, you can follow along. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. All right, so first of all, he's saying, he he puts it in order for us. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for one under uh, understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirit on the other hand the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation by the way when we read through this i want you to hear th- be listening for how many times there's something that says about encouragement or building up or lifting up but the one who prophesies builds up the church now i want you all to speak in tongues but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets it so that the church may be built up. Built up, right? So here he's going, he's talking about prophecy, he's talking about tongues, but again, the purpose of it is so somebody, the receiver of that, is built up and encouraged. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues... How will I benefit you unless I bring you the revelation of knowledge of prophecy or teaching? If if even lifeless instruments such as the flute or harp do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what's being played? And if the bugle gives a distinct sound, who will then get ready for the battle? So he goes basically saying on this, it's like, there, there's purpose, there's intentionality in this. This is not like, hey, I want the spiritual gifts just so I can feel powerful and like um, be, feel like I've got something that somebody else doesn't have. Have you ever been there where, you, <laughs> where somebody feels like they're like a little bit higher and mightier than you because they flow in these spiritual things? Oh, it was just me that has experienced that before? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, then it goes on to say all these things of, you know, different gifts. But here it goes into, if you go through it, it says, it's done for the building up. He goes into orderly worship. Uh, I like this one where, where it goes into, these, this is a hot topic one right here for you. I'm just going to jump in on a real side note. It says that women should be silent in church. It's the Bible. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. All right, let me just give you a quick understanding of that one, because I do think sometimes that could be uh, misunderstood and unclear. I've traveled to many places in the world, but I have been in traditional old, old land, especially in Africa, where you go to a service and men and women sit on separate sides of the church. Now, back in the time, you have to understand, this traditionally is the way that they would be in church together, Men um, would be on one side, women and their children on the other side. And what would take place, men typically were educated back there, and they would be the ones being instructed. And the women on the other side were trying to figure out what was being said and talking, and they were talking to each other. Psst, do you know what he really means by that? I don't know. No, I don't know what he means by that. And they start talking, talking while instruction is still going on. And so Paul is saying when he's talking about order in the church, he says, women... Um, when you're in church, don't talk that way. You're being a distraction. And then it says, go home and and ask your husband what is being said. It's really practical. It has nothing to do with the ability for women to speak in church publicly. It has everything to do with the practicality of uh, women who were just being a distraction, not really meaning to, but just out of chit-chatting with each other. So there you go. Now that mystery's solved for you. You got it? But the reality here is when you begin with love and then you love with power, you begin to start saying that I see you, I hear you, I understand you, and you matter to me. And then when you, then when you love with power and saying, and by the way, I feel like God is saying this for you. I have the sense that God wants to encourage you with this, that he sees what you're struggling with. He sees what you've been going through. And and I actually have a word of knowledge for you that I'm actually going to say those things that you've been struggling with. And immediately it's like, how'd you know that? I said, well, God just revealed it to me. And you feel like you've been seen and heard by God, which means now you know that God loves you and God has a plan for you and he sees you and you matter to him. So Paul and he going through in Paul in his in his writing to 1 Corinthians saying, "Okay, you have all these spiritual gifts, but it should only be to encourage somebody, to build them up, to help them feel seen, heard, understood, and loved by God." Remember human love opens the heart, but God's love heals the heart. This week, I want you to begin to say, Holy Spirit, who dwells in me, by the way, every single one of you, have the Holy Spirit in you. Holy Spirit, who dwells inside of you, say, I want to not only lead with love, I want to love with power. Meaning, I want the Holy Spirit to, to, to I want to be used as a vessel. Now, by the way, as a vessel, that doesn't, the vessel is only the container, I know you want to feel special, but there's nothing a whole lot special to you (laughs) besides you're a vessel, right? And and how God can use you. Okay, let me rephrase that. I think somebody's going to feel very discouraged that I'm not special. (laughs) You are all very special. (laughs) But what I'm saying is a container is just that. It's a container. A conduit is just that. It's a conduit. The difference is a yielded heart to say, Holy Spirit, please feel free to use me as a container today for you. Would you be willing to say that to the Holy Spirit today? When you pray tonight, when you pray in the morning, whenever you pray, Jesus, I'm available for you. That I allow the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of me to work his gifts, miracles, prophecies, whatever it be, Interpretation, discernment. for to be given as a gifts of the Spirit. You give a gift away to somebody so that they can be seen, heard, and understood, and loved by God. Because that's what changes the heart. Not that you have some profound mystery about something, but ultimately that somebody feels loved by God. That you have the ability to say, here's a gift that the Holy Spirit is using through me for you so you can know that God loves you. When I was in my early 20s, I grew up in the church. Many of you have heard my story. I was in a Wesleyan church, uh, then a Presbyterian church, a Baptist church. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm messed up because of it. <laughs> not really. But all those differences, experiences, right? I, I don't know why I say things sometimes. I'm not messed up because of it. <laughs> I just feel like I'm a mutt, right? I'm not like, didn't grow up in one particular denomination. But, but one thing I think that did for me was it made me realize I love Jesus. I don't necessarily love an institution or a denomination I love Jesus and his word. But when I was in my early 20s, I remember I said, God, if you're real, you've got to prove yourself to me because I, I was kind of like, grew up in the church. My dad was a choir director. My mom was an organist. And every week we went to church and I was in youth group. And I don't know, I didn't feel like this was, there's something alive here. It just felt like routine, ritual, habit. A friend of my brother's came over, um, the year I got married, 1993, and um, he was in my living room. And he led with love. He sat down with me and would just—I could just remember feeling there's something different about this person that I was really attracted to, in the sense of just his interest in my life. He took time to listen to me, and he was—we were just sharing. Then, then the conversation to saying hey, can I tell you that I feel like God is sharing some things with me for you I've never experienced that ever before ever before but I knew that there was something captivating in his love for me and then he began to tell me things about my past that nobody knew then he began to tell me things about my future that God had planned for me that resonated the deepest parts of my heart and I began to weep. That night, I experienced the love of God. Why? Because obviously God had seen me. He had heard my cry. He had known the deepest longings of my heart and it took somebody to express that to me through a word of knowledge, through prophecy for me to experience the love of God. I'll tell you what, and it's at that moment, that love that flooded my soul is the very thing that transformed my life because it began to transform my heart. It went from, I know who God is to, I feel God, I know God. But if we don't lead with love, if we don't love with power, we're either a sounding gong or we're going to be doing a bunch of things in our own name. Matthew 7 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done wonders in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. See, that's just doing some things void of a relationship with the Lord. We need this sensitivity. As you go on this week, you're going to say, Lord, I, Father, what are you wanting me to do today? Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing. We should say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? to love somebody first show love to have their heart opened up and then to love with power of the Holy Spirit that then their hearts are transformed because they've experienced God in a real tangible genuine way we all want to be seen we all want to be heard we all want to be understood we all want to know that our life matters Yes, by another human being, but the longing of our soul is to know that we're seen and heard and understood by our Father in heaven. And that's why when we love, lead with love and then love with power of the Holy Spirit, lives are changed. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just wanna say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We wanna say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.